Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high income earners come to learn wealth building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth. With your hosts, financial and wealth building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabriskie. Welcome into another episode of the Money Insights Podcast, the alternative wealth building podcast for high income earners. My name's Christian Allen, and with me, as always, is Rodney the Pod Zabriskie. Rod, what's up, man? Hey, hey, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. Um, I'm excited for today's topic. And one of the reasons I'm excited, I'm going to be totally honest, Rod, is mm-hmm. that you did all the work on this one. <laughs> and so I'm excited to like just like lay out my thoughts in the moment and see where this takes. Right. Yeah, every once in a while, I step up. So every uh, once in a while, well, r- the roles reverse a little fair, bit. That's true. But to be fair, Rod's, Rod meets with clients and I don't. So like we've got to we've got to kind of use that yin and yang thing going on. Yeah. OK, so Rod, today's title is Elevate Your Investment Game, Building Confidence and Alternatives. Rod, first off, why in the world did this come to your mind as a good topic? Yeah, so it's been I think it's been like a common theme over the last couple of months as we we've attended a couple of conferences uh, we obviously listen to other people's podcasts and I mean, now it's the economic situation is a little bit challenging. And so there seems to be this common theme of, of people being a little more gun shy about it. It's both those who are already in the alternative investment world, but maybe especially so for people who want to get into the alternative investments and they're now at this like starting point and it's, it's, trying to get the it's courage a little up more uneasy it. right now yeah right yeah. it's because before it was like everyone's like just throw this throw it in this syndication you're getting <laughs> yeah. 20 30 percent like everybody does it yeah, no like, big deal doing it. just toss and you're like i'm just missing out so you're looking for money that you can go toss in it right yeah. but suddenly you're hearing about oh like things aren't going quite as well as we hoped they would go mm-hmm. and maybe it's not quite as liquid as we thought it would be and they're experiencing the at least a portion of that other side, right? Mm-hmm. And so that can be that can be tricky. It can be difficult. Yep. Okay. So Rod, the next question, and and I've thought I thought through this just as you were talking through your response there, but how does that fit with our philosophy to of investing with benefits? Yeah, invest with benefits is a mindset. It's an approach that gives us the courage to take that first step. Or in other words, because of all of the benefits, all of the um the reasons around it, it just, it just makes sense. Like that's just the way that we should go with it. Right. And can I say this too? Part of it is there's this tendency of, of, of us as, as humans, we are more comfortable doing something we're more familiar with that we've heard of that we see other people doing, et cetera, which is why traditional investing feels more natural for us and the alternative investing maybe doesn't depending on if if you're surrounded by people who all of them are just investing in traditional investments, then it will, it'll be a little more difficult to make that shift. But as you more, as you understand better, this whole investment with benefits mindset, then it just, it'll begin to feel more natural. It'll just make sense that that's where you should be. Okay. Rod, I have a thought on this. This is simple, but profound. And it is, Simply that if you don't invest, you cannot get all of the benefits. Yeah. 
right? Okay. Like the investment component is a an important strategic element of growing wealth, mm -hmm. right? And over time, it should become, if you want to build like massive wealth, it should become the biggest component, Yeah, right? For most sure. Likely, most likely, mm most -hmm. likely. Um, I think about like, you know, the, the great business owners, great entrepreneurs, like you think about Warren Buffett, like he, he's can only do so much himself, right. But he can have an influence and he can invest in so many other things. And of course, that's why he's been so prolific. Now he's a little bit unique in that he might decide to buy an entire like organization, like a large <laughs> company yeah, instead of just like a piece of a stock yeah, uh, or something like that. But, but again, that's that's kind of the mindset. Yeah. Uh, and okay. Can I also add one other thought? It's the irony mm -hmm. of some of these other people. And we, we pick on Dave Ramsey a lot. He's, he's kind of an easy target. But I think it's fairly easy to say that he has built his wealth not in the way that he's telling everyone else that they should. Right. He's built this mm -hmm. massive business empire element. in the quote unquote alternative space. And Again, he, he's not saying that that's what everyone else should do, right? And yet, it's really hard to ignore the fact that he is where he is because of alternative assets, maybe not so much the traditional assets. Well, and at the very least, like the majority of his wealth came from his own business, yep. his own creation, like yep. him doing something. And so it is really easy to say like, hey, do this, do that. Um, when, and, and this will just like, that's going to get you there. But again, it is a little bit ironic that he's having done this. He's telling you to stick with your nine to five job, make sure that yep. you're saving. Like, like, I don't get it. I, maybe that's just cause that's the easy target. There's more people that fit in that camp. And so it's like, I'm going to speak to the masses, Yeah, but man, you would like to hear people giving like that message of hope the message that he actually heard and is living. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here's uh here's another um, thought that I, that I want to get out there. Simply you need to invest. That's it. You need to invest. So if you're not investing right now, I'm not saying, okay, go be frivolous and do something tomorrow. Yeah. I am saying that in order to build wealth, you have to invest and it makes sense to invest all the time. Like, and what I mean by that is that there's always opportunities to invest that can be positive, create strong outcomes. More often than not, I believe you're better off doing that rather than just waiting for the perfect investment, hoping mm -hmm. that it comes. I, I think about, uh, there is a client that we met with a premium finance thing like six, seven years ago, Rod, and I'm right. not going to say their name, but he was very analytical and he was, uh, he was kind of running the the family office right yeah. and he was they they were just stacking up cash mm -hmm. that was their mm -hmm. that was their method they were like we're stacking up cash because we're gonna have another 2008 here in no time yep. and again this is like this is like six seven years ago that he's right. thinking this right and they've got you know a few million dollars three, five, three to five million bucks saved, ready for, mm -hmm. ready to pounce on the next opportunity. But Rod, it's been six, seven years. And like, you could argue that opportunity still has not come. Well, certainly not At for least them. the opportunity that he was looking yeah, for. Right? Yeah, exactly. If you're, if you're waiting for the crash, there has been a run up and, and if I'm, I, I think mm -hmm. I know who you're talking about and they are in Florida of all places 
where we've seen massive growth in real estate, et cetera, yes. over the last so six to seven it. years. So like they missed like 12 years of that growth in hopes that they would time this crash and then get yeah. in when the, when it's low. Yeah. That's a hard way to go. So, yeah. so again, while there are situations where people are fortunate that have that, that come that just happens, mm -hmm. I think planning and like, working toward that, like making that the goal is probably a mistake. You're probably better off looking for opportunities in all markets to be consistently investing so that you can be building, you know, step-by-step. Step. Like, like here's the cool part. The alternative world just dramatically expedites those steps, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. But there's still steps. Yep. Like, let's be clear. It usually, for most people, it has to build on each other, you know, build step-by-step. Step. The, the nice thing is, is you, for every like three steps, how do I say this? For every one step in the alternative space, that's like taking three or four steps in the traditional world. So you can like really expedite your ability to build wealth, but you've still got to do it step by step. Yeah, brilliant. And that is a and actually a great lead in for what we have planned today. I, that, so. Thanks for leading us in, Rod. I almost <laughs> forgot. Okay, so... The next, uh, the, the next thing we want to talk about is this kind of idea of breaking out of the financial conformity that so many of us can become victim to. So talk yeah. about it. Yeah. So uh, there, and there are basically two sides to this that we're going to talk about. The one side I kind of hinted towards earlier that the traditional space is just more, and, and I keep using the word familiar. That's not to mean that everybody understands it. And that's kind of, that's really the irony of it. If you think about the complexities of a 401k, most people who participated in a 401k don't understand the fee structure, the the different types of investment opportunities that are there, et cetera, right? And they certainly don't understand the things that are not there. Correct. Right? Yep. Which might be even, even more of a problem because what do you have it to compare it to, right? Yeah. You're, that's becomes the easy thing. So- it's not just familiar, Rod. It is easily accessible. Yeah. A lot easier than like, and maybe a lot less intimidating than saying, I'm going to go buy a piece of real estate. Yep. You could say, I'm going to start putting a couple hundred bucks out of my paycheck into my 401k. Yeah. Before it even hits my account, it's easy. I don't have to think about it. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But so, so we get that. Like we get that. You got to fight it. You got to mm -hmm. fight it. Yeah. And so then the flip side is because we're less familiar with the, with this alternative space as a whole, then we we hear or we start to believe things like, well, it's just too good to be true. Like all of these benefits, mm, yep. if, if these guys are talking about invest with benefits, does that really allow me to accelerate my growth? Like, does it really work without me just risking everything? So that's common, right? The myth of yep. too good to be true. There's the myth of why isn't everyone doing it? But it's if it's so great, and we hear that I hear this every day. <laughs> if it's so great, why isn't everybody doing it? Well, you're like, and well, everybody, I, everyone I talk to is doing yeah. it. So yeah, look around. Yeah, okay. And then the third one is the other myth is that it's too risky, or as if it's more risky than than investing in these other things. Right? Yeah. And Which is, again, one of the great ironies, like you're talking about oftentimes like hard assets versus paper assets yep. and like, you know, so, so it's interesting that we've come to a place as like, just in, as people, mm -hmm. again, this is everywhere across the globe as people where 
that just feels because it's so accessible because it's been so well promoted. It's just kind of the way we think about things. It, it, is. it is more familiar and therefore feels more comfortable. And it's just the last couple of generations because prior to 401ks coming into place in the late seventies, not everybody was just investing in the stock market. That wasn't just like the thing everybody does, but now it is. Now it's just the thing everybody does. Okay. And there's really, from my perspective, two drivers of this. First is there's some really savvy and extremely wealthy business owners now and mm. businesses who capitalized on this opportunity yeah. to create a really natural flow from, again, I work here, I make it really easy. I, you know, I think about T. Rowe Price or like these big companies. Yeah, Fidelity. They've like, yeah, they've just made it really easy for people to do it. And, uh, and of course, somebody started those organizations and they just built a massive business that was mm -hmm. so so first of all the businesses that are grow the growth of those businesses are driving it number one um, and they are savvy and get access to the media which yeah. then now they're driving it through the media and then finally they also got the the government on board Right. Because they want to get their taxes in some way, shape, or form. They want to encourage people to do X, Y, but they also want to make sure that they're getting tax money back. So, mm -hmm. like, it's kind of this, you know, this full on, uh, I don't know what the, like, uh, what's the right word? I'm trying to think of, you know, when in The Lion King, when Simba's in the ravine and the, what do they, they come down, a stampede. It's kind of like a stampede, yeah. Rod. <laughs> everyone's yeah. everyone out there is yelling like uh christian that's a stampede <laughs> anyway my point here is that it's like a stampede of things coming at you that make you feel that way yeah and again i'm saying just fight it because once you get out once you like jump out over that wall you're like oh this is so nice yeah this feels better yeah I'm comfortable. for sure i'm producing better returns i'm now investing with benefits i'm creating tax strat I, like i'm just doing so much more with the same dollar yep the, the funny uh example that i have as it relates to this whole idea of conforming because really what we're trying to do in this first point is is recognize that it takes courage to break free from the status quo right like it's easy to do what everyone is doing that's why so many do it and and so that brings to mind there was an old uh candid camera i don't know if you remember that show oh, I remember candid camera yeah so they did one where they would put that their team was going in and, and they'd go into the elevator and they would face backwards and so yep. and then just see what the what the person what this, this lone person they would always go in when there's just only one person there three or four of them come in and they're all facing backwards <laughs> to see what would happen and of course as you would expect pretty soon these people are like they're uncomfortable with with so they have to, to so conform they to it turn around and they're facing backwards in the elevator just because that's what everyone else was doing i know right. that's a classic that's yeah. funny and you're right that that is an element of what's happened like there just was enough momentum yeah again that was built by savvy businesses who were taking advantage of an opportunity and again i'm not saying that they're not right like they're right or wrong to do that i'm just saying it has kind of jaded other opportunities because it's become so popular. And again, that's, that's why people have conformed to it. Yep, okay. Sure. So, uh, breaking free from fi financial conformity is critically important. 
And at, at some level, you just have to fight it. The easiest way to fight it, Rod, is just to become educated and understand what you're missing, yep. right? Because if yep. you don't, if you don't know what you're missing, it's really easy to just go with what's there. Yeah. Anyway, find out what you're missing. And then it suddenly becomes like, oh, I didn't realize I could do this, this, and this. Yeah. And really not take any more effort or risk. Right. Crazy, right? Yep. Uh, that's how I felt when I kind of had my eyes open to this world. And I had it, and I was doing it from an advisor perspective, mm -hmm. yeah. right? I was tip like a traditional financial advisor. And like over time, like seeing the difference between like what I was delivering and what like the clients that I would occasionally get back then that were like wealthy, I, I was like, huh, there's just like a, a massive gap between the way these people are doing things yeah. most often. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Okay, Rod, let's talk about how to overcome hurdles and naysayers because that goes right in line with breaking free from financial conformity. What's your advice to our listeners around how to do this and the things that they should be thinking about? I mean, I think it goes comes down to just like identifying it, like in your mind or even on paper saying, okay, what are the challenges? What are the objections that I'm feeling and or that I'm hearing around me, identify those, and then let's hit them head on. So again, it's, it's a new concept to most of us, requires a major paradigm shift. So, so we have to figure out what's our starting point, right? And most, I think most commonly, that's the thing that holds people back. It's like, okay, great, I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm willing to believe it. But where do I get started? And that not being able to identify a starting point is is kind of what holds people back, keeps them from moving and doing something. So that's what we're going to do today. Analysis paralysis is a thing of the past. I, I think I have some really past. great advice for okay. this, Rod. You can decide how you feel about it, but I think it's pretty good. So my advice, this might sound a little bit odd, but if... Uh, Anybody doesn't agree with your financial philosophies. Now you're going down the alternative space. Just cut them out of your life entirely. Family, <laughs> friends, everybody. Uh, and really lock in on and maybe like join a special group or something like that. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. You definitely don't want to do that, Rod. Yeah. But you do have to create like some mental barriers oftentimes between the way you think about maybe money and business versus the way somebody else thinks about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but, but definitely don't take my first advice. At least, <laughs> at least I would say not to, but maybe you think it's good, Rod. What's your, take? well, okay. Here, here's when you said that, what I thought of is when Jody and I decided to homeschool, this was a long time. Oh, this was 20 oh, years ago when it was a thing, but it wasn't common at all and and you had a potential a business partner giving you a hard time like regularly <laughs> from the beginning yes <laughs> but what was interesting is we went from not being homeschoolers and our kids weren't even in school at the time but right? so it wasn't even like a thing it wasn't even on our radar we went from so being non-homeschoolers yeah yep for, yeah, okay. for our, our daughter was four years old she was five going into kindergarten when we are you sure you want to let this decision. out on 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 air rod that you're a homeschooler <laughs> just kidding yeah. rod's a proud homeschooler and i'm i'm proud of him yeah but what was interesting the reason i brought that up is because when we went from be not being homeschoolers to being homeschoolers it was interesting the reactions that we got 
from family, from friends, people that we thought that we were pretty close with. And all of a sudden we weren't like they changed their attitude toward us. So it wasn't us choosing to, you know, like you jokingly said, like get rid of everybody in your life that doesn't. We kind of ended up in that, in that vein to a degree. I'm not saying in all cases, but because hopefully you've like mended some fences since then, Rod, because it has become a lot more common. It is much more like people have seen the value of, you know, different ways to educate different people. Like I have two unique children and they're, they're both dyslexic. And, and so I like was probably went in thinking I would just do regular homeschool like anybody Mm -hmm. else. Right. Or sorry, regular school, send them to public school. Yeah. Um, that was my intention. That's how I went to school. So mm-hmm. I, you kind of, at least for me, I'm always like, I just want to get want them to have this like same experience I had assuming yeah. it was a good one. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but it was it didn't work for them. It didn't make sense. Okay. And it wasn't successful. So the same can be said like, and, and this is ha- like a hard truth, but I'm, I'm laying it out there, Rod. Most of the time that traditional methodology, unless it's done to precision over a really long period of time, it doesn't get you where you want to go. Yeah. And again, not different from the way you decide to school in my, in my kid's situation, like it was a disaster trying to go to traditional school. And I'm telling you my experience is that for most people it ends up maybe not a disaster, but it certainly ends up a frustration Mm -hmm. and, something that's con- that can be confusing and oftentimes uh, more difficult to get to goals. And, and that's it. Like we're, we can make the promise that by moving into the alternative space, and it doesn't mean we're eliminating sure. anything from t- the traditional world. I want to make that really clear, but by moving into that space, you're just expediting your ability to get there so much more quickly. Mm-hmm. And so like, you just got to take the best of both worlds. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. But that's a little yeah. bit of a, can I share one, one experience or conversation I had Please. with, with a client here a couple of months ago, he's pretty young, um, late twenties, early thirties. And, uh, he became a client probably five, six years ago. So, so we, we know each other pretty well, but I was talking to him a couple of months ago and he basically opened up about that. His family was totally skeptical of, of all of this kind of alternative space, I said, man, so how is that now? And he said, they're, they're total believers now because he surrounded himself with a community of people who are doing it, were doing it. And now he's, he's doing it. And, and so they just were able to see, oh, like there's this other world and it's okay. Like he's, he's doing really well and doing, and again, being smart, we're going to talk about the kinds of things here that, that, um, allowed him to become successful and then kind of change their minds a little bit. So, so it's kind of cool. That is a good story. Um, and that's, those are the kind of stories that we are fortunate to hear all the time. Uh, but that, and that's what happens, right? Success. If you're successful, people like naturally yeah. feed off of that. And so that's a really great way to, to overcome naysayers is just prove them wrong, right? Yep. Do what you believe, do it the right way, do it things in a thoughtful, educated way. But once you're there, do it. The proof's kind of in the pudding, Rod. Yep. The proof is in the pudding. Okay. So the question is, Rod, how do we get into the right mindset? How do we gain what we're, we're going to call the confidence mindset? So yeah. that we have this like belief 
that we can go out and, and really achieve what we want to achieve. Okay. Awesome. So building off of what we've talked about so far, the, the good news is you don't have to know everything about the alternative space, about the specific investments, you know, that you, that you end up getting started with. You don't have to know everything before you get started. Okay. So you be, you start to become familiar with it. You, you talk to people who are doing it now. You uh, become part of a community. You find a mentor, hopefully. That would be amazing for, for people who can do that. It, it really accelerates the, the, the path because then you can lean on uh, what, what other people have, have been successful with. Okay, and... wait, wait, Rod. I, I like that point, so I don't want to leave it yet. The question, I think, and my logical next question is, how does one go about getting and, and I have a thought on this, so you can be mm -hmm. thinking about it, but here's my thought. My thought is that the best way to gain a mentor is to create an opportunity that you can work on with somebody else. So in other words, if you have somebody that you feel like, Hey, they, they're really, they're really doing it. Mm -hmm. Then you find an opportunity that you can then bring them in on. And, uh, that's usually are really great because here's what it does. It shows them that like you're willing to go after it and people want to invest. I mean, I know from experience, like, mm -hmm. like, I mean, I think about like guys on our team, Brendan and Blake, I, I want to invest in them because they do the right things, right? They yep. believe it. They, they go after it. Um, and that's the same way. So anyway, I just, I just was thinking about that. That's a hurdle. Sometimes it's easy to say, find, a mentor, it can be a lot more difficult to do it. Sure. But again, the best way to do it is to create an opportunity because most time, most times people will, will be happy to join you and they'll be impressed. So yeah. that's my thought. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so like, how do you do that? How do you find that mentor? Well, you can f begin with finding a community, right? So the example I gave earlier of the, the young client that, that, you know, kind of turned the minds of his family, he got involved in a community. They were able to see his involvement and, and to begin with, Oh, there are a lot of other people doing this. We didn't realize. And then they saw the growth of that community and, and kind of what they were doing. That's part of the, the reason why they became more open-minded towards it. Um, so that's, and then for someone like him, who's actually becoming part of that community, really getting involved in the community, then he's, now in touch with people who are like-minded, who are at some point along the path of doing that. And so that's one way to do it. The other way, if, if you don't, again, you're thinking, well, okay, so what's the first thing I can do? Well, you can start looking around at the people that, that you work with, right? So let's say, you know, you're a surgeon and you're working with other surgeons and you look around at the others that you are with every day and start talking to them. So what do you do? for your investing? Like, how are you investing your money? How are you, you know, building towards retirement? And the two edged sword though, it's a two edged sword, right? Cause again, you have to expect that most people are going to be yep. doing it in the very traditional way. Yep. And so... you'll get advice across the board and that's natural. That's, that's really, I guess what you're looking for. Right. Um, but then you start to find people that you can align with and build your own community. Right. And can and I or... just say, I think you're right, Rod. And some people are really natural at that. But can I just say, like, I don't think I'm natural. Like, I, I wouldn't really like. So here's here's what I would do. I would definitely go find an existing community as a starting point. Yeah, that's way easier. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And what do I do? I look for a Facebook group as an example that's, well, look as an example, go to investment strategies for high income earners. If that's mm -hmm. you, that's probably a good group for you to be part of. Yep. Um, obviously, we have a great connection with the wealth formula world. So like, that's an incredible community of um, people who are like-minded that are really having a lot of success in the alternative world. So anyway, those are the, easy, I mean, IFL, we recently worked with, like, there's a lot of these places that you can go and get, get immediate access to community, yeah. which makes having conversations, finding a mentor, you know, so much easier. Yep. Yep. And that's left field investors, by the way, if, uh, if you didn't recognize that acronym. Oh, yes. So. Yes. Sorry. LFI left field investors. Uh, okay, cool. So Rod, is there anything else we want to talk about in terms of like how to gain this confidence mindset before we move on to our next? Segment? Maybe just one last point, And that is you need to be comfortable moving forward, not knowing everything. Cause I mentioned that, right. Can't don't expect to know everything before you make a start and expect that you're going to make mistakes, right? You and I have been fairly open about the mistakes, yeah. some of the, some of the things that were the fails that we've had. Um, but we, we know things that we didn't know. Then we were calculated in doing what we were doing to, to not like jeopardize everything we have on any one, you know, venture that we were doing. Right. So like you yeah. were saying earlier, it's not like you're just going to go out tomorrow. If, if, if you don't know what you're doing today and then tomorrow you're like, Hey, now I have a plan. I'm going to, I'm ready. Well, Rod, they're going to be like, I heard Rod and Christian tell me that I need to I need invest to. immediately. <laughs> it doesn't matter where, what, I just need to invest. Yeah. Okay. That's not quite what we're saying, but, but, but you do need to invest. Yeah. And we were the people who do a lot of different types of investing. So we very often talk about real estate because we, because there are so many that do. I say 90% of people. It's just the most common, yeah. most common. But there are a lot of people who do a lot of different things and that we've been able to see and be a part of that journey of them converting from traditional over into alternative. And one person I wanted to mention, uh, Chris Odegaard, we've, we've had him on the podcast yep. before. I was having a conversation this with him yesterday. Friend. He has this great book. Oh, look at this. A shout out. Get off your ass and manage your money. Yeah, that's right. And what's I, the, this is why this you is need... generally a family friendly show, <laughs> but, right. but for Chris's sake, we're going to tell you to wait, say, put it up there again, oh, get off go. your ass and start investing and manage your money. Oh, yep. my bad. But then the subtitle, okay, why like... you need alternative investments. Okay. Yeah. I like so, it. Chris. Uh, and we'll get in a little bit later on, on resources and things, but that's an example, right? So here's someone who can has lived that journey and then documented it and has some this thoughts that you can learn from. So I forgot that that was the title of this book. <laughs> I love it. Chris, Chris, you're great. Perfect for you uh, are a rock star, people. my friend. Okay, Rod. So we've now gained this confidence mindset. Okay. What do we do next? Okay. We have to establish a solid foundation. Oh, yay. I'm super excited about establishing love, the foundation. You love this stuff. Because yep. it's the foundation stuff. Yep. Prep stuff. Uh, so, uh, and again, I'll keep referring back to this, but you don't just go out tomorrow and say, okay, Rod and Christian say I need to do this. So I'm, I'm going to go whatever. Um, if, if you look around you and you don't have a solid emergency fund in place, you're not ready. 
Ah, right. okay. So you're saying don't invest. You know what I makes me think, Red? Did I say this on the last pod? Did I ask you who the boss was? Yes. Do you remember who the boss is? The situation is the situation the boss. is definitely the boss, right? And so even when you're getting advice, like that's kind of obvious, but I love the the sentiment that the situation is the boss. That is absolutely the case in investing. There's always opportunity to invest. That's what mm -hmm. we're really saying. Mm -hmm. Now you need to be personally prepared, ready to do that, and maybe put in a little time and effort to get there. But once you are and the opportunities are there. That's when it's time to invest. Yeah. So we're saying be the ready, aim, fire guy, not the ready, fire, aim guy, right? Or oh, I like the it. ready, aim, 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 and never yeah. Or the guy. Or the, that was just silence, Rod. They don't even get to the ready. <laughs> we don't want those either. Right, right. I, I was, it was too awkward for me to leave the silence too long, so... <laughs> But I apologize if, it, if I didn't give it enough of an effect, but that's, that, that's what I was going for. I love it. So emergency okay. fund, umbrella policy. We talked about that for asset protection types of things. These are really easy yep. things. Very simple starting point. Uh, the next thing I'm talking about is, as far as establishing a solid foundation is to start to build your opportunity fund. These are the dollars that you're going to actually be going out and investing with. And of course, you're going to do that with the investment optimizer. It's the most effective way. It just is. It just yep. is. Yep. And especially I'll say, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, especially, but for people who are getting started and they're going, they're putting that money somewhere anyway. And the most common place that we've seen people putting it is like in a savings account or like a money market account. Don't do that. Get your policy in place, start to put it there, get, get the ball rolling. And that'll be your opportunity fund when the time comes and you're ready to go out and invest. Rod, starting in the savings account is not investing with benefits. It is very yeah. much investing without benefits. Yes. Actually, right. I don't even know if it's investing because like, <laughs> well, if you're just putting it in a savings account, it's really just saving. Yeah, like it's a necessary still, step. But if you're going to save, Rod, why don't you do it effectively? Right. Why don't I produce a return? Why don't I get a tax benefit? Why not even get a death benefit? Right. Yeah. All these these extra benefits. Okay, sorry. I could go on. No, that's great. Um. Okay. Yep. And then the last thing on this established solid foundation is consider how to own the investments. And we're not going to get into to kind of all the thoughts here, but um, but from asset protection standpoint, from an efficiency of, of money flowing standpoint, from a tax standpoint, how you own your assets, how you own your alternative investments matters. LLCs, trusts, different things like that. So that'll be something that you'll you'll learn as you go, but that's part of establishing the foundation. Okay, Rod. So we have an estab. We've established a solid foundation. Yep. Our foundation is in place, and now we need to build a personalized alternative investment plan. What the heck is that? What's a PAIP, Rod? <laughs> and did I even get it right? Personalized. Yep. Alternative. Yeah, I got it. PAIP. Okay. Yeah, that's going to become a common thing. Tell us how to build our PAIP. Yeah. So we are going to become educated. Okay, and your preferred investments. We'll, we'll talk a little more about what that may mean. Um, but I would suggest go to our website and take the investor quiz. In I order like to get it. educated, you are identifying like what it is you're trying to accomplish with your investments in, in the course of doing that quiz. And then we have a curated curriculum that you can go through and learn a lot more about what that looks like for you. And I would implore you to do it, Rod. That's even stronger than suggesting. Yeah. I'm imploring you to go to the website Take the investor quiz, 
get your personalized curriculum. You've got a bunch of stuff from us, but there's a bunch of stuff from some other cool people For too. Sure. Like, yep. like, uh, the people that were at the, uh, wealth summit that we did, mm-hmm. the, what did we call that? The alternative wealth building summit yep. for high end corners. Yep. Except I'm missing a word, Rod. Alternative wealth building summit for high income earners. Uh, we're still missing a word. It's uh, the virtual. Virtual. Uh, yeah, that's the word I was missing. I knew it was really long and there was like, <laughs> we're missing one word in there. Uh, okay. So, so yes, go check that out. Uh, that's the first step. Okay. What's next? Um, and then you're going to kind of decide on where you want to get started. Pick an area you're most interested in. For a lot of people, that is the stuff that you're already most familiar with, right? So again, I'll use a surgeon as an example. If you have a chance to invest in a surgical center, it's, it's natural, right? Whatever, right? Whatever you're already familiar with, use that as your starting point. Uh, learn what you can. Go to YouTube, read books. We talked about Chris Oldegaard's book a little earlier. Others, we last week, we talked about a bunch of books. Go read all oh, of those yes. books. Those are all good books, especially if you want to gain confidence in investing because they're like inspirational, right? A lot of them are like, have been like life-changing for a lot of people yeah. and are the reason that many people moved into the alternative space. Yeah. And good in books. this space, we often talk about this concept of OPM, other people's money. That's, you know, when you're using a loan or, or debt, I'm going to talk about two others. We have the OPE, other people's experience. That's what you gain when you're a part of a community, you have a mentor, and OPK, other people's knowledge. Okay. Because like OP, you said, OP, OPK, I'm trying to think of some others that we could throw. But what if we want some OPA with you, other people's houses, like OPF, other people's food. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's kind of, I like it though. There yeah. is, it is important. And we do talk about it a lot. So I, I just like the acronyms. Right? Yeah. And, and you um, hinted at this a, lot, a little earlier when you're talking about with the mentor, like picking a project you can do together. Because now you're working through that process, but you're learning from them, from their experience, from their knowledge, and and kind of building that out together. Okay. Um, and we okay. have a, I have a few other suggestions for things that you could go to to as to help with this kind of starting point. Again, the books we talked about last week. Um, go check out episode number ninety two of the Money Insights podcast. The six areas of personal finance can give you some good structure. And then number 110, the accelerated path to generational wealth gives you some good stepping stones as well. Okay. I like it. Episode 92 and episode 110. Look at you, Rod. Even prepared with the episode numbers. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I I appreciate I know the audience appreciates that too. Um, Because there's nothing worse than being like, hey, go, you know, go find. I had one podcast (laughs) a few months back, a year or two ago that was like, Kind of about that. Go check that one out. So yeah. anyway, thanks, Rod. I appreciate it. Yep. Um, okay. So Rod, have we built our personalized alternative I, I think, investment plan yeah. yet? The PAIP. The PAI. Okay. Now that the PAIP is in place, we've got a foundation. We've created a plan. Now, Rod, I want you to sell me on the power of diversification because I'm not totally convinced. Okay. I like it. I'm I'm ready. Okay, so you start. You start. Yeah, let's case. and let's start with the starting point for where most of us have have heard about diversification is usually we need a well diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Right. That's usually wait, 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 wait. That's not what you're talking about. Not okay. I I'm completely. 
I'm just kidding. I'm still okay. I'm maintaining that I am going to give you some pushback on the power diver the okay. power of diversification. Because Rod, I'm pretty sure I know some people that didn't use the power of diversification and kind of crushed it. Okay. Well, we'll get but, there. But again, they're, they're, okay, okay, sorry. I don't want to jump ahead. Okay. We'll sorry, get... my bad. So, um so that is our starting point. What I want to talk about is building a truly diversified portfolio. Okay. So to me, okay. if you're only in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, okay, you might be diversified inside of that that small category, that paper asset category, but that's not being truly diversified. When you're truly diversified, it's because you've started adding some alternative assets. And as you build that out, then you you start to move towards this again, truly diversified portfolio as you add real estate or as you have a business or as you do ATMs or, or whatever, right? As you're doing that. Okay. okay. That much I agree with. So we're still on the same okay. page, Rod. All right. I totally agree that true diversification does go beyond having your 60, 40 mix of stocks, bonds, and mutual. And I say stocks, bonds, like I say that Rod and like 95% of people don't own stocks and bonds. They just own mutual funds, index funds, you know, things like with that. that so mix. it's yeah. usually like, yeah, like, oh, hey, th it's real. There's really great advice out there. This is the, my favorite. Uh, let's see. How old are you? Uh, you're 42. Well, usually we we minus the 42 years from 100. So we're going to go 60 or 58, 42 because yeah. you're 42 years old. That's how much is that's how safe we need to be. Right. Or aggressive. Yeah. However, you're looking at it. But. That's like still out there, Rod. Like still today. Right. Well, and and that's what the uh, the scary thing is, is that the 4% rule is built off of 60-40, right? It absolutely But that assumes you had you retired when you were 40, because that's the only person that has the 40% bonds. Yeah, because by right? the time you're it, according to most people, by the time you're an old geezer, Rod, you should have a much, much smaller stock portion yep right okay well can i just tell you i work. don't agree with that either so if you are going to be in the stock bonds world i have seen what i believe is compelling even maybe even conclusive arguments to suggest that having it more aggressive all the way through at least historically has produced a better result for people okay so Again, I'm giving some advice here. I'm giving traditional advice. <laughs> even if you're just, even if you're like, okay, guys, I can't get into this alternative garbage that you're talking about. It's not garbage, but if you, even if I can't move into that space, you still have to fight against conformity. You still have to. And yeah. even doing that, like just a little thing will make a difference. But imagine, Rod, imagine, and imagine all, if you could make several small maneuvers that add up to, a large sum of we'll call it wealth. Okay. And I that's, like a, that's really what we can do. But yeah. again, but again, it's not just by diversifying. Correct. Okay. Let's get back okay. to that. Then we're, we're moving towards this debate. That's going okay. to explode. It's I, I'm ready to boil. I'm okay. like, I, it's boiling. I'm ready to explode. So the last thing I want okay. to hit on before we do that is the different elements of diversification. Diversifying at its core is usually referred to diversification of risk, right? You don't want to have, all your eggs in one basket. You don't want to be only in, well, again, it's but in the traditional world, only in tech stocks or only in whatever, blue chip stocks. And what we're saying, 
when what I'm going to suggest. <laughs> Rod, how dare you? You don't want to, to only be in your business or only be in real estate or only be in precious metals. You may want to think about being in multiple things, okay? Because of the risk, the, the okay. diversification, the, the difference in the risk profile. Okay, so that's the first diversification. The second one is diversification of liquidity. Even if you have different asset classes, but everything ties up your money and you don't have sufficient liquidity so that when interest rates go crazy and you have a capital call from some of your syndications, you, et cetera, right? Or, or the, the timing, timing gets pushed off. You thought it was going to be a three-year turnaround before you had liquidity. It's going to be five or seven years. Uh, you have to make sure that you're maintaining liquidity at all times, okay? Okay. And then the third okay. diversification I'm going to talk about is diversification of tax. So okay. there's taxable accounts there are tax-free accounts there's pre-tax accounts that you're going to pay the tax later there are places ways that you can invest with benefits to create tax savings so diversify among different things that allows you to be flexible and and adjust depending on situations on how you're treating your taxes okay, okay. all right now okay. i'm ready for the debate okay okay well so here's some thoughts i agree with much of what you suggested here i disagree i don't i don't really you're going to take a stand wholeheartedly with everything <laughs> okay. with but i partially did so, okay so let's take tax for as an example okay would you really say okay so you're talking to me let's just say i'm your client i'm a mm -hmm. client now i'm a high income earner i'm in a high tax bracket and um are you really going to tell me, Rod, that you think that I should diversify my tax and put some of it pre-tax and some of it post-tax? Like, why would in I get situation. any value for, get, for doing, like, in my mind, if one of them is better, then why would I ever mess with the other? Yeah, you're I'd really in... lock in on the better one and not worry about this diversification. I'll just be locked in on the best thing. Okay. Is it possible? Maybe? It is possible. Yeah. In some situations, I, I certainly would, would go with that. Okay. So here's the caveat to that. Like, obviously, to your point, Rod, most of the time, it's not possible to just be completely locked in in one space. So as an example, again, uh, my work offers a defined benefit plan, and they're doing the contribution to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to not take right. this contribution that's happening it's it's still a really valuable thing and of course that's going to be a tax deferral it's going to you know reduce my taxes today but if i'm being an honest it'll probably increase them over time most likely yeah um just because again we're in historically low tax and historically low tax rate if, again if we look at those you know, nifty little calendars of the last 50 years and say, what was the highest tax bracket? We're like, we're still relatively low. So, and then we've got all this, you know, this mess of debt and all sorts of stuff. So like, it just feels like really difficult for me to believe that it, at least for me, Rod, I have zero tax deferred money and I have no intention to get some. So that, that's, that's kind of my caveat too. But again, yeah. not everybody's situationally in that, in that place. Okay. But Let's let's take that same principle and apply it anywhere. Um, I would say that I believe in. Well, I believe the situation's the boss. Okay. And I believe in diversification light. 
Okay, here's okay. here's another compelling. So if I'm really good at investing, like let's just say that I have an area of expertise. Let's say it's my business, mm-hmm. um, as an example, and I have a unique ability to build wealth through my business, or let's say it's some other investment. Let's say that I'm an expert in oil and gas, and okay. I know what I'm doing. Like I would just suggest here that it might be every bit as useful to be less diversified and really locked in on that thing that you're really good at. And maybe that doesn't mean like not diversified, right? Because to your point, we've got to have liquid money. Uh, We do want to be thoughtful around taxes. We want to make sure that our asset protection is in place. We want to make sure we're investing with benefits. We're creating all of those opportunities that exist. However, I would just, again, suggest for many people, it's like it's more of like a diversification light where much of the resources are going toward what they're really good at, where they have the most opportunity to build while still taking care of the kind of those core elements that need to be taken care of. What do you think? And I would say uh, that I think you're still better off adding some other elements to it of to diversify that risk. And so if, if within the business kind of profile, you have multiple elements that help you diversify against different economic situations and things like that, then great. But if, if you're, if it's like a very narrowly focused business, you're a plumber (laughs) or whatever, right? You're in, you're an architect and there are economic situations that where you are not bringing in as much business as you normally do when, when things are bumping, then having diversified would pay off. Yes, I agree with that. Um, and yet it also might slow you down on the other side. Yeah. Right. So the question is, you know, what's my goal and, um, how, like, how quickly do I want to get there? And again, what risk am I willing to take? because that might be an element of it. But again, it also might be that it's something that you know so well that like it doesn't feel like there is an additional level of risk, right? Anyway, I'm just saying, Rod, the power of diversification is one of those things that like I feel like everybody talks about, and yet most of the people that we talk to build their wealth in one of three ways. Their income whether it's from their, you know, high income W-2 job um, or or they're a business owner, but it's through their income, it's through real estate, and it's through individual businesses. Like that's where 90% of the wealth that I feel like I see happening. Now, so, so does that mean that it doesn't make sense to have like a, some notes or do other different things. But like one of the, well, real estate's kind of a tricky one because you can be diversified quite a bit, even within real estate. Yep. But anyway, my point is just to say like, I would, I would submit that the situation is the boss. Diversification can be powerful, but it also could be prohibitive. Yeah. That's all. That's all. Yeah. It's totally fair. That reminds me of a, a conversation I would teach, uh, personal finance merit badge back when I was involved with, with scouting with my boys and what, <laughs> yes. uh-huh. and I remember a kid cause I was talking about that. One of the things they wanted us to do is introduce them to the idea of, you know, investing in the stock market and 
diversification, that kind of thing. And so I was talking about, I was like, well, here, here are individual stocks. And if you have just one, then you're linked to that one. Whatever that one does, that's what your, your wealth is going to go with. Whereas if you diversify across a few of them or a bunch, then, then you're kind of spreading that out. And he's like, but what, what if you can just pick the winner? And I was like, yeah, if you can pick the winner, <laughs> okay, then let's you be nailed clear it. About that was not, that is not <laughs> a parallel to what I was suggesting. Cause here's the deal in that situation, you wouldn't have any like Intel understanding, additional knowledge and expertise. You're Control. just yeah, I get you. your stocks. Like <laughs> that is very different than being like, I'm building 70% of my wealth through my business. Yeah. And a smaller amount through like outside things, just because I can get so much value by putting money back into the business. Anyway, you get Oh it. yeah. You get but you, by you saying that I'm, I'm more in alignment than I thought. Cause if, okay. Okay. If you're going 70, 30, I can, I can get on board with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That was an example. So like I said, it's uh it's diversification light. Yeah. Yeah. I like okay. it. Okay. 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 Right. So okay. here's the deal. Here's what we've talked about. I'm going to go through these. We've talked about breaking free from financial conformity. We've talked about overcoming the naysayers. Mm -hmm. We've talked about creating the confidence mindset, establishing a solid foundation, building our PAIP, personalized alternative investment plan. We've talked about the power of diversification, light. And now we got to take the plunge. That's it. Yeah. There's no excuses, Rod. We've got to take the plunge now. What do I do next? How do I take the plunge? Yeah. So I, I think what we've given you is a roadmap to do that. Because like you said, if you're identifying what's holding you back and how you can move beyond those things, and we talked about getting involved with other people, with communities, mentor, et cetera, and doing that, getting educated, then you can start building your foundation. And building the foundation doesn't mean that you're already starting to invest, but it's a necessary step to get there, right? You have to start accumulating funds, have an emergency fund, et cetera, right? Um, and then have a plan. You have a plan and then you can get started. Pick a starting point, pick something that you can get started with. And by definition, you're going to start out and not be diversified because you get a... That's true. Okay. That's true. Um, but then diversify as you go. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I think that's solid advice, Rod. I, I don't have any. I don't have any parting thoughts that are any better than the way you've laid that out. So sweet. Is there anything else that we want to talk about to close this show up? It's, it's about courage and confidence. Invest with benefits. Uh, I love it. Okay. Thanks, Rod, and thanks everybody for listening to the Money Insights Podcast, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in the show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights Podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.